Welcome to Roger That, the business travel podcast, hosted by Roger Hale, CEO of AdTrav. Join us as Roger interviews business leaders from around the travel industry to unravel the true drivers impacting this complex industry. And now, here's your host, Roger Hale. Welcome to another edition of the Roger That podcast. You know, visiting with us today is David Grace, president of DEAM. Welcome, David, and, and thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you, Roger, and it's great to be here. It's a, it's a privilege. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we know that Enterprise Holdings, which is the owner of Enterprise, National, and, and Alamo Rent-A-Car, you know, has had a mm-hmm. long relationship with DEAM, and then in 2019, they acquired the rest of the outstanding shares and became the sole owner, as is my understanding. But, you know, before we talk about DEAM, I'd really like to spend a few minutes more and, and talk about you and, and your journey to your current position as the, as the president of DEAM, because I, I really think it's a, it's a great story as to how you got where you are today. And because, you know, you became president of DEAM, you know, right at a year ago, right in the middle of a, of a pandemic. And yeah. did, did you lose a poker game or something, uh, David? <laughs> you know, how did you work that uh, out? But, uh, yeah. you know, but yeah. tell, us, tell us about, you know, kind of your initial thoughts as you stepped into the role. And then second part of that question is, you know, hey, kind of what's your strategy to not only, you know, survive the pandemic, but at the same time, I know you wanted to implement, you know, your long-term plans, you know, for the brand. So two-part question, what were your initial thoughts? And then, hey, how, how did you stay true to your uh, your long-term plans? Yeah. Yeah. There, wow. There's a lot of questions there, Roger. Um, <laughs> so my journey, um, really, it, it, it's unique even in the enterprise world in the sense that uh, I think a lot of people know the enterprise story that you, you, you start as a management trainee and you work your way up through the organization. I was actually part of the acquisition they did in 07 of National and Alamo. So I came uh, from that side of the industry and used to be a competitor of enterprise and uh, got on the inside and, and my eyes were opened wide as to there is a different way to do car rental. That's for darn sure. Mm -hmm. And um, so, but my whole, my whole history has been in business travel. So my, my first job with National was as a, a corporate sales rep, uh, two corporate accounts and, you know, kept working my way up through the organization and, and ultimately, uh, you know, in 2019, when the acquisition was done, uh, it was basically filling the role of vice president of, of global business development. And part of that was uh, the TMC function was on that side and, and many other things. And so I got pulled into the DEAM uh, discussion pretty early on as to, hey, there's an opportunity here. And you're 100% right. Uh, DEAM and Enterprise have worked together since about 2013 when Deem built a platform for enterprise that it could give to its unmanaged corporate accounts. So mm-hmm. meaning accounts that didn't have a relationship with a TMC and typically were pretty small. And, and so that became very meaningful to enterprise over the, over the seven years or so. And, and then also enterprise was uh, believing that it needed more platforms because you look at what's disrupting a lot of us in the marketplace, it's platforms, whether right. it's uh, the ride hail platforms or even some TMC platforms that are out there today, uh, leveraging technology. So, uh, platforms are important, and so they took that opportunity to to uh, secure Deem and and the platforms that they already had built, with a vision that there is a value proposition here to be built at a later date. And uh, being that I had been in the business travel side for for 25 plus years and had a lot of experience with the customer and the marketplace, 
Um, I was very active in the acquisition and, and the due diligence and then the onboarding team. And then ultimately, when, um, you know, I was asked, would I be willing to come over to, to Dean to, to lend my expertise and my background and my history? And, and uh, I was like, yeah, I, <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. It's, uh, I'd been doing car rental for 25 years. And, you know, the, the prospect of running a software company uh, was not on my radar. But uh, it's really more about how do we solve problems in an industry that I have a great depth of knowledge about? And so um, my, my team has been very patient with me as I've learned a lot of new acronyms and a lot of new things. Uh, and uh, we, we've gotten to a, a pretty good place. So second half of your question is, you know, yeah, the pandemic was raging at that point in time. And, and we were, I came on board in February of 21. So, uh, you know, we had already at that point had a couple of fits and stops uh, around, uh, you know, is travel coming back? Is it not coming back? When's it coming back? And uh, that that was very daunting for everybody in the industry. Mm-hmm. I'll be the first to admit, because I don't want to pretend to be something, uh, go through something that uh, I really didn't in the sense that we were very lucky to be owned by by enterprise. And I think the, the marketplace knows that car rental bounced back really, really well. Um, because a lot of people were driving instead of flying, and then there was a shortage of cars. So there was a lot of things that went went right for our parent company that allowed us to keep our initial plan uh, from the acquisition, which was a long-term plan. Mm-hmm. We knew it would be a multi-year plan to invest in the platform, modernize the platform, staff the, staff the organization. At the time of acquisition, we had 120 employees. We're up to 360 today. Um, so w- we wanted to tackle modernizing the platform to keep up with all the new entrants in the marketplace. And then also uh, sprinkle in some innovation, which I think we've done, but we definitely plan on being a lot more innovative. Once we get through modernization, uh, mm-hmm. it will, we'll have some great functionality that we can bring to the market. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's excellent. And, you know, when you, when you look at that online space, uh, you know, it's really for the team and the TMC and the managed travel sector, it's really a, a three horse race. You know, you've got Deem, You've got get there. You've got concur, and you know concur has gone this route of going end to end, you know, tightly integrating their online booking tool into their expense offering. And both you and get there and others, you know, out there to this point have kind of taken a different approach of, hey, you know, we'll we'll interface with anybody uh, out there, any expense system. And so I guess you know, just a question comes, uh, you know. From your perspective, you know, do you see this changing over the next five years? You know, is 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 there value in a you know keeping it separate? Is there value? Do you see value in combining into a you know one as you talk about platform? You know, becoming an expense and travel platform. So, so what do you see over the next five years from a from a Dean perspective? Yeah, I think there's a great great opportunity out there and. You know, one of the other benefits is, you know, enterprise bought Deem for its own value vision. And, you know, like I said, that's an area we're just now working on. So it's not a lot to share there. But we do st- still see the OBT, legacy OBT marketplace as an area of huge opportunity um, for various reasons. But I do see massive changes over the next five years as to let's let's redefine that as what's the technology that travelers are using whether it's obt or whatever you want to define it as a platform a tool um, but there's gonna be massive changes and we're already seeing some of those happening and 
you know, the, the expectation of the user is just growing and it's growing to be, I need it mobile first because that's how I do my my everyday personal life. It's mm-hmm. mobile first. Right. Um, and I need to be enabling self-service. So when you look at it, we can't continue to offer an inferior experience to what travelers get when they travel for personal reasons or in their everyday life, like they get from Amazon or Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's where we really need to be careful as to we will very quickly become more and more irrelevant if we don't embrace things like machine learning and AI to drive a better experience and more personalized experience all inside a corporate travel policy. You know, Mm -hmm. I can learn who Roger is and what Roger wants to do and apply his preferences to a policy and do it very effectively. Um, And I think ultimately that connectivity that you mentioned around expense report, and this is some conjecture on my part, but I think that's another area where AI and machine learning will eventually mitigate the need for what we deem a or view a expense report today mm-hmm. um, and really simplify that to where it's how do we how do we enable that traveler to be as efficient and productive and um, comfortable as possible in the travel experience, which includes expense. So technology has got to drive that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely uh, you're absolutely correct in the, that. You know the the travelers' expectations are definitely growing. It seems like the more technology we come out with as an industry, the higher the expectations become of the of the traveler, and and that's just that's just human nature. And yeah. and I and I know I think you know it kind of leads into the fact that you know Deem you have you know actually I'll call them two platforms or or, or two applications that you have you know with your Eta online booking tool. And, you know, ETA is targeting the larger travel programs while ETA Go is targeted to the small or and mid-sized businesses. And I guess kind of if you could help us understand the thinking behind, you know, hey, why two platforms and really what, when does somebody move from the ETA Go platform up to the ETA platform? Yeah, that's, it's a great question. And, and uh, it, it's, um, you know, they are the same platform and, and, it, and it's really about what functionality do we turn on? Do we not turn on? And um, I, I think a good comparison I can give you, we're in the middle of tax season right now. Mm-hmm. Some people can fill out a 1040 EZ. Some people can't. They have to fill out a 1040A or the long form. Uh, and it's just because their taxes are more complex for various reasons. It's no different than travel policies. Some people have a very simple, straightforward travel policy and others have multiple levels and layers and, and uh, considerations that, um, you know, need a more sophisticated platform. And so the beauty of that at Go is, if you, you know, if you're really a, a simplified, streamlined travel program, you can get up and running a lot faster, literally in, in minutes. And whereas a more sophisticated one, we need to take time and really delve into what are all your use cases? What what do we need to support? How do we uh, optimize our platform to meet all these various needs and policies and considerations that you want us to do? So at the end of the day, travel is massively complex. I, I mm-hmm. When I communicate to enterprise sometimes, I, I try to give them the idea around, you know, you can take the Fortune 500. I'm guessing there's at least 5,000 travel policies based on <laughs> You know, what's your position in the organization? What department are you in? Are you working for a customer and billing it back? Are you whatever it is? It, it's just massively complex. So it's really important to have two different solutions that um, can can scale to what the needs of the customer are. 
Yeah, you know, and when you you talk about, it, I guess what I'm hearing is that you all really look at at a, as a as a platform, and you know, with other capabilities and building more capabilities into that. You know, and, and I think coming through the pandemic, one of the things that we've seen is a real focus on the duty of care uh, with the mm-hmm. with the travelers, and you know, understanding where they are, and and really about uh, risk management. You know, traveler tracking and risk management. And I know that right. you know currently, y'all have got a um, you know travel safety check you know branded that's in at a, it's not it's not quite a full risk management and traveler tracking system, and so you know, kind of what are those key components of, of travel safety check? And are you taking the same sort of uh, market approach that you are with expense as far as, hey, you're going to link with best in class in the, you know, in the industry for duty of care solutions? Or do you see trying to expand travel safety check into being more of a risk management? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a, a, a good question. It's a multi-level uh, question in the sense that um, there's a lot of different roles to play within mitigating risk, but also reacting to events that happen um, to try to mitigate that risk. And I think uh, when COVID hit, you know, with I thinking, you know, we really all locked down the middle of March. Uh, it's probably middle of April after we we took a breath in 2020 to say, hey, what do we need to help? everybody returned to travel and feel comfortable traveling. And, and within 90 days, we, we built, we not only, you know, you know, uh, built out the idea of it, but we also ended up executing upon it. And really the, the, what we were trying to serve was how do we educate the traveler to make the right decisions when they book travel? And so that, that's the niche we were filling because that's really where OBTs were playing as far as upfront, I'm doing this with my OBT. Now, that doesn't mean down the road there isn't a need for us to become more prevalent throughout the entire trip, but there's a lot of third-party organizations that do a great job of uh, of not only monitoring, but, you know, proactively alerting people or, or very quickly alerting people as to what's going on in the marketplace. And, and it just wasn't an expertise for us. So, as you said, it's an area as we continue to look at uh, – traveler safety check that we will look to integrate that content as it's needed into our platform. But right now what we can support is we let people know a lot about the suppliers. So what are the airport, where are the airline policies? What are the hotel policies uh, that they have in place, car rental? Um, And then we take it a step further about destination. You know, what are the policies Mm -hmm. to get into a country? Do you have to quarantine? Do you have to show proof of vaccination and, and those type of things. And those things are changing very quickly, as we all know. Right. Uh, the other side of it is when we sat down, we were like, okay, this is about duty of care. We didn't name this traveler COVID safety check, right? It, we named it traveler safety check. We wanted this to be a functionality we had long-term because duty of care is is, is really important. Mm-hmm. And I think if we rewind the clock, there were other things that we were dealing with as a country and as a world besides just COVID in, in 2020 and, and still to this day around equality and diversity and inclusion. Um, and, you know, so we, there was a fair amount of civil unrest in some places. And so we wanted to alert people to that as well. Um, but it goes beyond that, too, as to day in, day out, what's the safety of that uh, area where I'm going to be staying from a 
whether I'm a female or I'm part of the LGBTQ community or is it, um, you know, high risk from a COVID standpoint. So we've built in seven factors into that that somebody can access every time you book with us to see what's the safety score where this hotel is. It says nothing about the hotel itself. This is mm-hmm. not about that hotel. It's about the area around it so they know more. Gotcha. Um, so it's pretty in-depth. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Well, kind of staying on that same theme of uh, of the platform, you know, sustainability, and you know, this has become more of a focus uh, for travel buyers and and suppliers. And so, you know, what's Dean doing in in both Etta and and Etta Go? Which I guess it's all, as you say, it's one thing. It's Etta. Uh, what are what are what are y'all doing? What what are your thoughts on sustainability and how you integrate that into the into the the booking tool? Yeah, I, I, I believe and I, I think you agree with the fact that, you know, sustainability has been a topic for many, many years. And my personal opinion is it ebbs and flows with the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think it's a new day, though. I think, uh, you know, what we see going on in the world and, and certainly different uh, concerns of, of individuals and, and people, um, it's here to stay. And the challenge for us is to go and bring a solution to the market that is both educational, accurate, and understandable all at the same time, and really empowering that travel to make a, the right decision and empowering corporations to say, these are the attributes of a trip we want to have uh, through your platform and us empowering that. So we are actually well down the path of developing that solution. Um, you know, the days of just saying, hey, you just produce this many, you know, foot pounds of carbon, um, those are gone. We need to get a lot more consumer grade type of thing. So you will see that solution coming from us a little bit later this year and it will be in, in all of our platforms. Uh, so we're excited by that. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I you know, agree a hundred percent. I think this time it's here to stay, you know, there's just too much uh, momentum behind it. And, and it's, and it's great. I mean, Hey, the travel industry is one of the key contributors to the, you know, to the quote unquote problem. So we need to be the leaders yeah. in, uh, making sure that we're not, you know, we, we have enough going on. We don't need to be on everybody. We don't need to be a target for, uh, for, uh, for corporations, uh, with absolutely related to travel, um, switching gears a, a little bit. Um, you know, there's been a, always for the last, you know, we've talked about sustainability for a long time. Well, we've also in the industry been talking about NDC for a long time. And so, you know, no, no interview is ever complete uh, without (laughs) talking about NDC. And, you know, really, when when you look at that, from a, you know, air perspective, and in the corporate travel space, in my opinion, it kind of it really comes down to, hey, what's your ability to display, compare, approve, and, and, and purchase these expanded fare classes that the airlines uh, want to get out and get into the, into the marketplace? So, you know, from Dean's perspective, I guess the first question is, is, you know, how invested are y'all in, in NDC and displaying these fare classes and, and kind of What's the timeline and how far are y'all going on this, on this, on this uh, project? Yeah. Um, you know, NDC is funny. Prior to being involved so intimately with DEEM, I would sit through industry events and hear this thing called NDC. And I'm like, man, this, this conversation never ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, really? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and uh, but it must be a good one. And uh, since then, I've had to dig into it, and um, it's confusing. And and the, one of the things that's confusing to me is everybody has a different definition of it. The definition you just gave is is, is very valid. And but you know, what does the customer really want? Meaning both the buyer and the user. And then what do the TMCs need to see? What do the airlines want? What do the GDSs wants? What are, what are the OBT wants? And then you have third party aggregators out there doing all sorts of other stuff too. Mm-hmm. So it, there, there's a lot of moving parts in it. And I, I think the best answer for me to give you is when we, when we look at NDC, we look at it as an opportunity to enhance the traveler experience. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's about different fare classes and, and having full content, uh, from a fair standpoint, but it's also about having full capability of, you know, selling seats or Wi-Fi access. And probably even more important than that is recognizing status within the platform. Because when we look at what drives people away from using an OBT, it's often because I need to go into that supplier's website to get my my status recognized and be able to get upgraded to a, a higher level of economy or a different room at a hotel or whatever the case may be. And so that is the view we're taking. And um, we're going through an air, airline modernization effort right now, as far as our overall modernization, but we're re, reinventing our, uh, how you book airline with us, you know, the look and use and feel of it to build, to consume NDC content. Now, at the end of the day, how much we get from various sources and how much we do at our ourselves it's still a work in progress, but we're building the, the, the plumbing to be able to handle it um, in any of those scenarios. And um, that project is already underway and uh, dates are always tenuous at best when you're talking about large projects like that. So I will tell you it's well underway and it's an area that we're, we are focused on, um, but also know it's a great opportunity for us to deliver our vision, which is enhance the traveler experience. Right. Excellent. Excellent. You know, if, if you look at the, the travel industry, and as you said, you were, in a, you were in a section of the travel industry in the, in the car rental, you know, for 20 plus years, which is a little bit of a, of a silo. And now, you know, you've come into really to where you've broken down those silos, and you're really now responsible for the whole, you know, travel picture. And as you look at the industry, there's a lot of venture capital money that's still, you know, pouring into the to the travel <clears> space. And mm-hmm. you, you know, if you listen to these new entrants come in, they talk about, oh, hey, the you know the industry's broken and it runs on inefficient legacy systems. It's plagued by a lack of innovation. And and I guess as you know, not a complete outsider, but a little bit of an outsider coming in when you came into Deem and really started looking at, you know, what y'all had there and what else, you know, is out there in the industry. You know, do you agree with that uh, characterization of the industry as, as being broken and inefficient and, and lack of innovation, uh, you know, now that you're, you know, really in, got your hands dirty right in the, in the middle of it? Yeah. I think it's a great question. I think, you know, the, my response would be without, a, you know, putting myself out there on a limb, but I will in a minute, is the money wouldn't be flowing in if a lot of smart people didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, the, these guys don't usually get it wrong when they look at an industry and say, there's opportunity there. And it's not like one VC firm. This is, there's a laundry list of them. And, you know, and they're making a lot of bets. A lot of them won't work, but it's a it's a fracture of their portfolio. They just need one of them to hit. And, um, you know, so I, I think we need to 
see that signal as an industry and say, okay, they might be right. And we need to really think as to where do we need to go? We did, none of us wants to be the next Polaroid, right? And, and right. that goes for us as an OBT. It goes for GDSs. It goes for TMCs. It goes for expense. It goes for our, every facet of, of travel. And, um, and I think it's really important for us to really take a long, hard look and be willing to disrupt what we think is the right way of doing things and look at for, for a new way, because that's what all these guys are doing. And they're able to test these things really quick, really fast, and uh, relatively inexpensive to, to who they are. So I, I, I do think there's room for us to reinvent ourselves. And, and I think the, the other easy comparison is personal travel seems a lot easier than corporate travel. And I know there's different complexities around corporate travel. But um, if that's the measuring stick that, that we need to, to kind of shoot for, I think we as an industry owe it to ourselves to – to do so or else we're, we're, we're going to be in trouble. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's only fair. And the, and the last thing I'll give you around this is, you know, if you rewound the clock a decade ago, I bet you the taxi industries really wish they invested a lot more <laughs> in technology. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they all sat there like nobody can come in and disrupt us. Well, it, it happened. And so, yeah. No, that's a great uh, that, that's a great analogy because because you're right and the, the taxi industry did have an opportunity to kind of you know stop this or at least not you can't stop it but at least be better prepared to respond to it. It's taken them. I mean, I'm seeing now that the taxi you know some of these taxi companies you know have apps and they you know they've cleaned up their cars and they are trying to compete more effectively with the Ubers right. and the Lyfts of the of the world and and I agree with you that yeah it's up to us as the incumbents in the industry that we can't become complacent and we can't think that we're you know hey these guys are you know these guys are are, are making the wrong bet you know this just is just not going to happen and we've got to continue to to innovate and to to change because that, that's the worst thing that can happen is you let somebody like an uber or lyft just come in and just completely change your industry and you be on the outside looking in well and i, and I think roger i mean you know to be honest, there are a couple out there that are trying to do that to the, the TMC world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really where Deem fits in a very good spot for partners such as yourself is let us be the technology that is massively expensive to go develop. And technology is not an event. It is an ongoing endeavor that you need to keep pursuing. And uh, I can't mm -hmm. say the industry has done that well historically, but I can tell you that that's our plan. And, you know, what you bring to the table with how you service accounts and support them and everything all that, vital to the overall experience. But technology is really where uh, I think we can partner so well with with AdTrav and and uh, drive a best in class experience. Yeah, no, you're absolutely uh, right. And it's our, our feeling, obviously, as we you know recently announced our uh, partnership to help promote the uh, the Dean platform out there to our current and, and future customers. Uh, see a lot of, as we've talked about, you know, we, we've always got to be looking to say, hey, what's, what's that next thing our customer wants? And we see, you know, the Dean and the investment that enterprise, of course, we've had a, you know, very long-term 
uh, relationship with enterprise and right. you know y'all the, the enterprise as you said you know there's the enterprise story and most people especially everybody in the industry knows the enterprise story and it's a great story and it's got a proven track history and you know by bringing deem into the family it's really been fun to watch how you know it's really changed the culture at deem and changed the of uh, kind of the, the outlook and I, and i think also it has changed people's perspective and of deem in the industry because right. hey you know y'all are you know it's it's serious now yeah enterprise is behind it you know <laughs> this is yeah. this you know the big boys come to town so, uh, well, I, I, I'll share with you that, you know, I, I, I talked to Chrissy Taylor, the CEO of, of Enterprise, frequently about Deem. And, you know, the thing she keeps pushing at me is it's, it's about the customer, which is an enterprise philosophy you know, day one. And, you know, get, get that customer at the forefront of everything we do. And remember that you're owned by us. So, you know, our brands are the most important things that we own. And, mm-hmm. You don't represent Dean well, you're not representing Enterprise well. And so that culture is coming over and has come over. Good. Excellent. Hey, you know, one more question as we uh, try and button this up here. So, sure. so now you've been, you know, you've, you got a year under your belt. You're an old, you know, you're an old veteran now. You've been there a year, <laughs> David, in the, in the driver's seat. So yeah. when, when you look out, you know, three years from now, and we can't even remember, you know, what this pandemic was all about, hopefully three years from now, but, but what does success look like? You know, where, where do you want to see Dean uh, three years from now? It's a great question. And, uh, you know, it's without giving like a functionality or or capability type of answers. Ultimately, what I want is to be doing today, but even more so three years from now is delighting and enabling the traveler of tomorrow. What what do they want? What do they expect? And how do we drive that so they get a better experience? It drives a better corporate travel program and drives a better relationship with TMCs. And so that would be my goal. And then the second part of that is how do we drive value for enterprise? One doesn't disrupt the other. One doesn't change the other. They they work in tandem with each other. We will remain a content agnostic platform. We will never say, hey, the only content you get is enterprise content from a car rental standpoint. But at the end of the day, there are ways for us to drive value down the road for enterprise. And uh, we got to continue to do that while we invest and not stagnate and, and innovate the, uh, the the platform all along the way. And uh, that's really what if we can do those things. I know we'll be in a good spot, uh, keeping that traveler at the, at the center of everything we do. Great. Great. Awesome. Hey, David, you know, thank you so much for, for taking the time and uh, to join me today and to, to talk this through. I know our our listeners certainly enjoyed learning more about, about you, about about Deem and kind of your vision for, for Deem and, and really how y'all plan to, to thrive in this post-COVID environment. Uh, and so, again, thank you for, for taking the time, and you know, thank you to our to our listeners as well. We we appreciate you tuning in to Roger. That it's where we try and talk to industry leaders like David uh, about the latest happenings in business travel. And uh, so, again, David, thank you for the time. Look forward to to seeing. You. Let's get out in the uh, and start traveling to these conferences again, so we can uh, so we can in, in, enjoy you know oh, meeting face to face. Are you ready for that? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, all right. Well, thanks again and, and safe travels, everybody, until we meet again. Thank you, Roger.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Roger That, the business travel podcast. Like what you hear? Check out more episodes highlighting current industry trends and events at adtrav.com forward slash podcasts or subscribe to Roger That. For more information on how your company can travel smarter, visit adtrav.com.